everybody, I'm Tom Farrell. I'm Sean Swarner. And this is another one of our Hope Podcasts. Helping others persevere every day. Good to see you, Sean Swarner. Great to see you too, man. I always love our banter before we uh, actually hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> it gets us going a little bit. At least I didn't do push-ups today. We just got right into it. Speaking of that, how are you doing with your push-ups? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm still doing them every day, but I'm also working out four times a day because I have the Kilimanjaro trip coming up next month. Man. So what do you do a day? How many push-ups a day, Sean? 100, 100 push-ups a day, but I'll go up and down. I did uh, uh, 1,200 steps on Friday. I came back. I did yoga. I worked my back and my chest, and then I did kind of like a neighborhood uh, boot camp type thing. So four times on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Man. So, and, and a lot of people freak out. They're like, Mike, oh, the, the people in the group who I'm taking up, they're always like, holy crap, man, I could never do that workout. What? That's, that's insane. I'm like, yeah, but look at, look at the, look at it this way, man. You're, you're training to, for you to get up the mountain. I'm training for me and eight other people to get up the mountain. Good point. So, I'm putting in feel a little bit better about what I've been doing with your challenge <laughs> that you threw out there to me. So, so how about you? How, how are your, your push-ups going? 50 push-ups a day. Fantastic. I'm on day number 19. Yeah, so, maybe, you should, maybe you should go back to a certain boxer and, and show him up. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Sugar Ray, he'll be very impressed when he sees the new me. So, Sean, one of the things that I have found we have kind of stumbled and fumbled and bumbled our way into here is that when we get going on this podcast, we've been using an expression to kind of kickstart us and, and get the conversation rolling. So my sister, who my sister Trish, who listens to our podcast, actually texted me an expression for us to use today. And so I'd like to throw it out there and see where the conversation goes. But she texted me this expression, one day or day one, you decide. I like that. One, one day. day one or day one, you decide. So it got me thinking, as soon as she texted it over to me, it's like, man, I really like this expression. And I think there are so many facets of life that you could apply it to. So what I'd like to propose that we do today is let's walk through past, present, and future of that expression with both of us and, and see where it goes, if that's cool with you. I think that's awesome because we obviously all have a past, present, and a future. <laughs> but remember, the only thing that we're guaranteed is the present. And the past doesn't define you, and the future may never come. That's good. I like that. So let's start with the past. I'll, I'll kick things off and then throw it over to you. But my past that immediately came to mind with this expression was my brother-in-law, Mike, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but Mike was battling uh, an illness for a long, long time. And I think a lot of people can identify with someone in their life who might be battling with something. And I found myself often saying, you know, I got to get over to see Mike. I got to go see Mike. And as Mike got sicker, it became more clear to me that I can't just keep saying I got to get over to see him. I actually have to put it into action and go over to see him. And so I did that. And, and my whole family started to do that. And 
one of the most treasured gifts I have is sitting in our living room and it's a picture of me and Mike. And Mike has got this huge Philly cheesesteak that he's eating. And it goes back to a night where he had just gotten out of the hospital and I called him and I was coming off of work and I said, Hey, I'm heading home. Do you need anything? And he goes, yeah, give me a cheesesteak. <laughs> and so it was the last thing in the world that he was allowed to have. His doctors would have been so upset with me that I went to campus corner and picked up a cheesesteak and took it over to him. But I did. And I am so happy that I did that now because that picture is etched in my mind. I see it just closing my eyes right now. I can see Mike eating that cheesesteak. So that was one past example in my life that, you know, I knew that I had to do something and I kicked it into gear and finally did something. And boy, am I grateful that I did. Absolutely. I mean, you, you never know. And that, that kind of dovetails off of, of what I said earlier about how we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the future. We're only guaranteed the present. And there are so many quotes about, uh, you know, the past is gone forever. Tomorrow may never come. And that's why now is called the present, you know, because it's a gift. Um, but there are, are, are so many people out there who are, are waiting all week for Friday. You know, they all, they wait the entire year for, for the holidays and they wait a lifetime for happiness. And, and they're sitting and waiting for, for who knows what. As opposed to, you know, thinking in the future, well, one day it'll come, you know, make this your, your, your day one. And I think that it sounds like that's what you did with him. You know, you decided, hey, you know, that, that's exactly what I'm going to do, because you may never have another opportunity to do something like that for someone. So I, I think for, for me, looking at my past, I mean, my past, one of the biggest things that affected my life personally were two terminal cancers. And I didn't really give much when I was going through those, but I know I received a lot. You know, it was when I had my two cancers, people who were supporting me, people who were doing things for me. You know, my family was there, my friends were there, my teachers from school. I mean, at one point I, I wanted to go back to school. I mean, what, what 13 year old says, hey, I want to go to school. <laughs> you know, I spent so much time in the hospitals, but my teachers came to the house to, to help encourage me to keep up with my class so I wouldn't get left behind. Uh, people cooked meals for my family. They, they really helped take care of my brother when my mom and dad were with me in the hospital. And, you know, maybe now because of looking back at it, it's, it's my turn to support them because of everything that I received in the past. I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I think everything I went through with those two cancers really taught me a lesson about how there, there truly are good people out there supporting others. Like what you did with your friend, you know, what people did with, with, with me when I was sick. People really care when you go, when you're going through traumatic experiences, when you're going through traumatic time. So I think for me, my past was definitely, it wasn't giving, it was actually receiving. And for me, it's, it's, it's difficult even now to, to receive compliments even, you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, thanks, whatever. Or I'll joke about it um, and, and just let it roll off my back. But people need to also be open to receive things. And, and maybe that's helping somebody else because they want to give. Such a powerful, powerful topic to think about. And I think, like we said earlier, a lot of people probably can identify with it. But interesting to hear your perspective on the receiving end of things rather on the giving end of things because they're both extremely important to move forward. Absolutely. And I think when you give to someone who 
is, is grateful for that. You're really doing a, something incredible for that person. You know, and, and it could be something as small and as simple as a smile or, hey, how you doing? You know, and then, and then somebody can look back at you or, or that experience on the street and they think, oh, you know, somebody cares. You may have changed their life forever and you have no idea. So that's our past call to action. Um, we got two more. We got a present and a future. I've already started about thinking about my future and I'll give you a, a hint of what it is. It's footprints in the sand. Got it. That's got it. I like that. that. I'm going to get to. Um, but let's. Let's talk about the present for, for right now. I know it's a word that you love and I've heard you use it many times. My present example that I'll use will be this podcast. And we didn't know how we were gonna do it. We didn't know where it was gonna lead, <laughs> but we, you and I together with Will Stangler, who's producing this thing and you haven't heard from, but makes this thing happen, got on a phone call and said, let's make it happen. And so it went from, it went from an idea into something that now we're 12 weeks into, and we have 12 shows that we have podcasts that we have put together. So that's kind of my like example of it was an idea that we turned into action. So that's, that's my, my example. Oh, fantastic. And Will's sitting right there too. And just, he's, he's on mute, but I just want to say thank you as well. And absolutely helping others in, in just doing something that oftentimes you don't know where it's going to go. You know, it's, it's just taking that leap of faith. And sometimes you just, that's what you have to do, you know, especially in, in certain situations and I'm not going to say what we're in right now but it's a difficult situation for everyone and I have a a, a friend in in East Africa in a country called Tanzania or as, as I guess we call it uh, as Americans call it Tanzania but it's properly cannot pronounce Tanzania um, you know I've, I've been up and down the mountain almost 20 times now I was adopted into the Chaga tribe they, they call me Mzungu Kicha which is Swahili for crazy white man um, believe it or not so they, they, we, we've gotten to know each other really well and they've really become my family, but they rely 100% on tourism and he owns a shop, but he didn't start out owning that shop. He literally started out in, you know, those plastic bags that you get from the grocery store. He had a bunch of t-shirts in a plastic bag. He would jump on the shuttle or the bus that would take the, the tourists from the gate of the, at the foot of Kilimanjaro back to the hotel. And he would ride with them for maybe a few miles and try to sell stuff, sell, sell t-shirts out of a plastic bag. And then he would get off and then he would walk back a few miles and do that again. And then again with the next bus and then again with the next shuttle. So he would just constantly try to sell these t-shirts. Now he owns a store at the foot of Kilimanjaro with probably five or six different rooms. And his brother's there and he sells Tanzanite and he employs a number of artists, you know, painters and everything. And, and since I've known him for such a long time, they're not receiving any tourists, you know, for five, six months because of what happened. And, you know, it started off with the rainy season, which they don't get anything. And then it just kind of dovetailed into that. And I reached out to him and knowing that he wasn't getting any income, the artists weren't getting any income. So what he did was he sent me probably almost two dozen paintings 
that are just absolutely beautiful. And, and if you look at them on, on a picture, it's almost like watching a movie and then watching a movie on IMAX or watching a movie in 3D because the things are just absolutely beautiful. And the talent these artists have is just amazing. And we're trying to sell them and send the money directly back to those guys. And we've managed to, to raise, I want to say, um, about $7,000. And we're, we're sending that cash back to them. And I'm going back again in about a month and a half. And I'm going to go back with some more cash to help support them. But it's nice knowing that they're still getting income and they're still feeding their families now. And we're, we're reaching out to as many people as we can who are interested in just some beautiful art. You know, it, we're going to have a website, um, a page, just go to seanswarner.com sometime, probably sometime in the next week and people can check them out. But that's, that's my present where I'm working with, his name is Richard, uh, Richard Mtui. And uh, I'm trying to help him. And through helping him, he's helping, I don't even know how many other artists over there, you know, a, a 20 other artists. Sean, I have seen these pictures and I can vouch for them as well. These paintings are just off the charts good. And some of the images that they have captured and, and brought to the canvas, I can't wait to get one myself. And I would encourage anybody who's listening out there just to go to your website and, and check out the, the quality of work because you're not gonna see this anywhere else. There's nowhere online that you're gonna find it. This is pure craftsmanship from this guy, Richard. Yeah, he's, he's the owner of the shop. There are a number of, of different artists. But the thing is that you, you could potentially have for what, $350, $400, you could have an authentic painting, hand, hand painted, authentic piece of artwork from East Africa. Made in Tanzania. Exactly, Tanzania. <laughs> <laughs> well, a classic example of you waking up one morning and having a thought that popped into your head saying, hey, how can I help Richard out who's struggling with this pandemic right now? And you being the type of person that you are, put that plan in motion. And now look at what you're going to be able to do, because I can only imagine that $7,000 is going to go a long way. Uh, with Richard and and the people that work for him. Oh, absolutely. Just just a quick aside. My my wife, who runs Origins Accessories, uh, OriginsAccessories.com, um, she went in with our sale of every uh, earring or whatever um, accessory. A portion of each sale goes to support an orphanage over there. And just to give you an idea of what the the dollar difference is, she's supporting ninety two orphans. And with 700 pounds of food, which is feeding them for nine months, and that costs $700. Staggering numbers. Yeah. Unbelievable what um, something can, can do for these people. Absolutely. Great job, Sean. Really good job. Let's get more of those paintings sold. All right, let's move on to our future one. You ready? Let, let's do it, man. You didn't, tease, you didn't tease anybody about your future. So why don't you give me just one word about your future and then I'll get into my story. So one word would be choice. Choice. Okay. Oh, very mysterious word you threw out there. <laughs> I, I chose my that. Word, my word was footprints, right? And right. one day 
one day I want to leave or I want to have someone look back at my career and say that was an entrepreneur who left some footprints. And someone shared that with me a long, long time ago that a true entrepreneur is someone who doesn't embark on this other than to make a difference in the world. So if, if someone could say that I left some footprints in this world, that's my one day right now. And my day one is every single day that I wake up and get going with my day. I try to keep that in mind. So you've heard me say this once, you've heard me say this a thousand times on this podcast to try to make a difference in somebody's world each day. And that's what I, I try to do um, on, a, on a daily basis that hopefully when the story is written and all is said and done, somebody will be able to say, yeah, that dude did make an impact. That, that guy did leave some footprints. So that's my one day, day one in the future that um, I hope comes to fruition. Well, I, I can tell you from, from personal experience that you've affected my life in such a way that your, your one day is your day one right now. So you, you, you're looking at one person and you're listening to one person who you've affected his life and you've left a, a footprint on my soul and on my heart to, to continue forward. So I really appreciate everything you've given me and I'm very grateful for what you've done. So know that you've already made a difference in, in one person's life and, and you're, like I said, your one day is, it's now. Cool. Thanks, John. Chef, of course. All right, um, Choice. Let's move on to you. Enough about me. Let's go to Choice. <laughs> You got you have uh, my interest peaked here with this word. What is your what is your story behind choice? So when when we were thinking about this and when we were tossing around ideas and you told me uh, you know it was uh, one day or day one you decide. Um, I was thinking you know maybe one day I'll be satisfied with my adventures. I'll I'll be happy with what I've accomplished because I'm I'm always trying to push the envelope. I'm always trying to do something more. I'm always trying to uh, inspire others to do the same and and encourage them to to reach for their true, genuine selves and, and true happiness. And I'm thinking maybe one day in the future, I could be happy with what I've accomplished. And I started thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm also a certified professional coach. And there was one guy I was, I was working with a couple of years ago who wanted to double his income and go from 75 grand to $150,000 because he, uh, he, he wanted to be happy. And he thought that by doubling his income, it would make him happy. So I kept working with him for a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And he finally said, you know, well, when I make $150,000, I'm going to choose to be happy. And I was like, there's that word. So if happiness is a choice, why are you going to wait to double your income as opposed to being happy now? And he thought about it for a while. And he's, he's like, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Happiness is a choice. Satisfaction is a choice. And this, this, this was the same guy who, um, when I was coaching him, he didn't understand, fully truly understand uh, what true love was, you know, or unconditional love. That was, that's what it was. He didn't understand what unconditional love was. And I told him, well, do me a favor. Take your dog and take your wife and stick them both in the trunk of your car. Come back three hours later which one's happy to see you? <laughs> it's like, that's true love. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm sorry, that's unconditional love. 
<laughs> so he, he finally got it. It's like, I get unconditional love now. You know, it's happiness no matter what. <laughs> so anyhow, I'm always striving for more and I'm always wanting to, to, to do that. Maybe to constantly prove to myself that I'm still alive, but I'm also wanting to change the world and really make a difference. And, and maybe I have. You know, like you, maybe, maybe I do want to leave footprints as well. And maybe I should look at what I have now and be happy with that. As opposed to thinking I'll be happy in the future when I'm, when I'm satisfied with what I've accomplished and looking back at my life and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm good with what I've done. Maybe I should be happy with that now, knowing that I've accomplished what no one in history has ever done before and I should be happy with that. But also knowing that I've, I've changed, you know, potentially millions of lives. So that was, that was me and in, in the word choice. You know, working with that guy, he's, he was choosing to be happy. And I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to be satisfied. You know, it, everybody goes through it. And it's, it really is a choice. Makes all the sense in the world to me. And you have it already. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in every bone in your body to keep moving. I mean, I've heard you, you, with all your expeditions that you've gone on, with all the accomplishments and all the people that you've touched, I hear you say now you want to go to space. So I don't think you're ever going to stop with your mindset. And so the, the footprints isn't even a question in, in your world. It's, it's how many of those footprints are you going to leave, I think is the, the bigger question at this point, because I, I can't wait to see what comes down the pike next with you and who you're going to impact. Well, I, I, I just recently got married. I've heard that's a pretty big adventure. That certainly is an adventure. <laughs> Speaking 27 years in, 27 years in, it's an adventure. And it keeps getting better and better. Yeah, I, I had one friend tell me, you know, we're on our, uh, our our 12th anniversary. It feels like three, and I was like, three what? Three, three, three days underwater. <laughs> <laughs> You're loaded with the jokes today. <laughs> Well, I hope this was food for thought for somebody to come up with their one day, day one. Um, I want to thank my sister, Trish, who planted the seed for this week's podcast. And I think it was a, another quality conversation that, uh, that I enjoy going through with you. So anything else on your end? No, we, uh, we usually end it with um, three kind of takeaways. I, I could only come up with two of them. And one of the most important things in life is understanding what you value most, I think. And once you understand what your core values are, you can move forward with a set of personal guidelines that help direct you toward what will, what will make you feel the happiest and satis most satisfied. And if, if anybody wants to just send me an email, sean at cancerclimber.org, I actually have a core values assessment I'll send you. Um, but just fill out the form. And you'll, you'll understand that core values help guide you into happiness. And that's the first step. And then the second one is uh, figuring out what's different between your future self and who you are now. So I, I call this the, uh, the million dollar question because looking out in, into life and out into the world, you can't change anybody. You can't change the situations. You can't do anything except for control how you react. So if you look at your future self and you have this happiness, you have this whatever, you have a, 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 cat, a 55 foot catamaran maybe cruising around the, uh, the, uh, the Caribbean. You know, if you have that stuff, 
look at who you are now, look at who you are in the future and figure out what's different. And I think if once, once you tap into understanding what's different in you, knowing that you, you have only control over yourself, if you figure out what's different in you between who you are now and who you are in the future, you can, you can push forward and become and get and be anything and anyone you want to be. Why, why do I think that 55-foot catamaran just isn't someone's uh, dream one-day situation? Why do I think it might be a little bit more personal? Well, may, maybe because my wife is from Puerto Rico and, and we're looking at <laughs> going to visit down there. I'm thinking, huh, you know, maybe one day, one day. Yep. And, and I'll just follow up a little bit on maybe a third takeaway. It's only you can make the day one happen. No one else is going to make that day one happen for you. So um, my advice would be whatever it is that's gnawing away at you, that you've woken up many mornings saying, hmm, I'm going to try to do that. Make it happen. Just go for it. And you won't regret it. So another, like I said, another quality conversation with you, my friend. So thanks for your time. Um, I'm Tom Farrell. I'm Sean Swarner. And that's your dose of hope for today.